Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let Him wash you in truth. He is the fountain of living water. Come and be made new. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. He can refresh you in the desert Where your sin left you lost on the brink He is the fountain of living water Come to Him, dear sinner, and drink water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty come to him will you drink deeply of Jesus will you come to the water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty been lost in the wilderness, chasing nothing but sin and death. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Jesus and live. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. I'm not by nature an alarmist. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I want to simply share with you what I've been experiencing the last two days. Yesterday, I began to feel a great deal of tear in my heart. That's unusual for me. The tear was down the very bottom of my stomach. I didn't know why. I supposed it was something that God was doing with me. So I went ahead with the message that I'd planned for yesterday. I woke up this morning early hours of the morning and I could just feel that fingers of fear beginning to develop deep within my body. I have pushed it away said I don't know what I'm scared of but 
some reason there's something happening that I'm terribly afraid of. I have, for now in the sixth month, been just waiting before God. During those six months, I have read the scriptures, I've prayed, I've waited upon God, for that was what he said to me, wait upon the Lord. And I've just waited on the Lord. I haven't experienced any special signs, or I'm not a prophet, I'm a watchman. This morning, it didn't dissipate, continued to grow. The fear continued to grow until my hands were shaking. I had to, had to say, I'm terrified. Something is coming. Something is happening that's out of the ordinary for me. I've never had this happen to me before. Now, I've had fear before. This was an active fear, causing me to tremble. I almost despaired of doing a broadcast today. I wasn't sure I would be physically capable of doing a broadcast. Was this because I've lost a lot of weight and No, much deeper than that. And I began to pray. And as I prayed, the fear increased, not decreased as normal. And I said, I don't know that I can survive this. I don't like this. What's going on? Lord, what's happening to me? Why do I have this terror in my heart? As if you see something coming, but I didn't see anything coming in the spirit realm. But I knew that this fear was not was not natural. There was something wrong. Now, I'm a very intuitive person. I began to look at what's happening with Twyla, what's happening with my family. Do I have any reason to be terrified? And I had to say, no, I don't. And yet I was trembling. I was terrified. I thought I was going to die. The Lord had been speaking to me. We'd been singing this song about the potter. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in Jeremiah 18. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot. Shaping it has seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does? Declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. If at any time I announce that I of a nation or a kingdom.
It's to be uprooted, torn down and destroyed. If that nation I warned repents of its evil, then I will repent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And the fear increased. And I became very aware that in reality, God has planned a disaster against America. And that disaster is going to soon come about. I finally, I said, this terror that I feel in my heart is God approaching America and the world. There's going to be a great disaster. God has it planned. And he's going to bring it to pass. And that's what my tear is about. Now, this is really scary for me because I'm not a prophet. And suddenly I'm getting into a realm where I'm aware that God is approaching the earth. You understand? God is the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's Jesus Christ. And he's approaching the earth. And he's approaching the earth to do some tearing down and destruction that will cause men to tremble on the face of the earth. Now, I don't know what it is. I, he hasn't shown me that disaster, but the disaster is on its way. If at any time, verse 7, this is Jeremiah 18, verse 7, if at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be dis- uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, And if that nation I warned repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I'd planned. And if at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up, planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had in mind for it. God has in mind good for America. But he's reversed his decision, and he's now bringing utter disaster to America. What will that look like? I don't know. He hasn't shown me. I just sense and tremble at the nearness of the presence of God as he comes in judgment against the nation of America and the Western world. I don't know what that will look like. I just know he's coming, and I'm terrified. Physically terrified, trembling at his coming presence. He hasn't said a word to me. The Lord is reconsidering the good he intended to do for America. Many prophets and prophetesses have been saying that God has a great gift for America. He's going to do something wonderful in this nation. All I can tell you is that from the deepest part of my soul, I'm terrified. Because God is not going to do something good for America or the world. Instead, he's bringing a very deliberate destruction. Now, therefore, say to the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says. Look, I am preparing a disaster for you and devising a plan against you. So turn from your evil ways, each one of you. This is not just national. This is personal. Reform your ways. 
reform your actions. They will reply, it's no use. We will continue with our own plans. Each of us will follow the stubborn, the stubbornness of his of his evil heart. I'm having a hard time getting my breath. Now I look at this. Say, oh Lord, this morning Twyla and I cried out to the Lord. I said, Oh Lord, have mercy. Have mercy upon America. Have mercy upon the Christian world, for we have sinned against you. I talked to a lot of people, or I did before this six-month hiatus of having a broken leg and not being able to leave the house, being nailed to the couch. I said, Lord, a lot of people want to be Christians. There's a desire in the hearts of many Americans to be Christians. And they go to church Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday. They go to church. They say they're Christians. But in fact, it's just a desire to be a Christian. Having a desire to be a Christian is not to be a Christian. It takes more than a desire in your heart to belong to Jesus. I hear people say, oh, I love Jesus. He's my best friend. Well, no, he's not. He's your judge. He is your savior. But it's not enough to have a desire to be friends with Jesus. That won't do it. It's not enough. If you're going to be a Christian, you're going to have to have a will to be a Christian. You're going to have to have a will to be a Christian. Wanting to be a Christian will not make you a Christian. You're going to have to want But more than that, you're going to have to have a will to be a Christian. And you're going to say, all right, whatever it takes. I'm going to cut off the evil. See, I I know many who call themselves Christians, but they continue to walk in the lust of this world. They continue to walk in the pleasures of this life they continue to to entertain themselves with darkness you've got to have more than a want a want won't take you to heaven a want will take you to hell i heard about this man the greatest desire of his heart was to be a millionaire. My wife told me this story. He was living in the state of Washington, right on the water. He always said, I got to be a millionaire. But he had an opportunity to learn how to work on boats, and he didn't. He said, I want a restaurant. And he'd go down and he'd get some of the delicious seafood that comes out of Washington State. And he was was a great cook. But he never wanted to go cook for anybody, except friends. So he'd do some odd jobs. He'd 
help on the boats sometimes. He'd do this or that, earn a little money. But he never learned how to do what he'd have to do to become a millionaire. He never took the time. He never took the energy. He never He never worked. He talked a lot. He was a great talker, she said. But he never did learn how to fiberglass a boat. Never did learn how to pilot a boat. He never did do what he had to do to become a millionaire. He just talked. Well, a lot of you are like this man. You do a lot of talking. You know the theology, but you've never done the work. You've never taken the interest necessary to learn what you have to do to reshape your character. All you can take to heaven with you is your character. So you're still fornicating. You're still doing what is wrong, and you know it's wrong. You don't want anybody to confront you with it. Before I fell and hurt myself, there was a a breakfast place. First watch. And Twyla and I like to go there. And when we go to a place, we ask questions and we get acquainted with the waiter and the waitress. Well, the young lady said, we're living together. Or maybe he's the one that told us they were living together. And I said, well, when are you going to get married? Well, she wants two dogs, and he doesn't want two dogs. So she's not going to marry him so she can have her dogs. Was that a reason to marry somebody or not marry somebody? Of course not. That's inanity, stupidity. But they're living together. So I ask her some questions about living together and how she felt about it. And was she happy not being married, not having a ring on her finger? No, she's not happy about it, but she wants her dog. He was very friendly toward us. His name was Christian. He was very friendly toward us and then became very distant. Now, it's hard to be distant with me because I'm, I go after somebody. He became more and more distant. Finally, they both disappeared from the restaurant. He was just too uncomfortable with me. He didn't like my questions. Like, when are you going to put a ring on her finger? You love her more than her dog? Is that such a big deal? Do you hear what I'm saying? Are you willing to do the work necessary to not just want to be a millionaire or not to just want to be a Christian, but you actually do the work and you cut off wickedness and you cut off uncleanness. Oh, but what can possibly be wrong with something that feels so right? Right. 
Come on, grow up. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Now, I have this overwhelming tear in my heart. Why would I have fear in my heart? Because I come and speak to you every day. And I tell you, God is coming. And he's bringing judgment against our nation. He's going to bring destruction to our nation. I don't know whether that will be fire or flood. I don't know whether that will be volcano. I don't know if that will be earthquake. I just know he's coming and he's going to bring great destruction for our nation. I don't know if that's the collapse of our financial system and the end of our dollar. I don't know what it is. Jeremiah, he wrote, it's it's no use. We will continue with our own plans. Each of us will follow the stubbornness of his own evil heart. Inquire among the nations. Who's ever heard anything like this? A most horrifying thing has been done by by virgin Israel. Yet my people have forgotten me. They burn incense of worthless idols, which made them stumble in their ways. And in the ancient paths... They made them walk in byways and on roads not build up. The land will be laid waste. And all who pass by will be appalled and will shake their heads. I will show them my back and not my face in the day of their disaster. I'm not going to be around to say, I told you so. But I'm desperately concerned. I don't normally feel the terror in my, in my body that I feel today. The trembling of my hands. The shaking of my whole body. God is coming. And the closer he comes, the more I shake. And the more terrified I am. I'm not going to stop talking about this. I can't. I'm a watchman. And I'm telling you. From the wall. I'm telling you. I see the approach of almighty God. To judge America. And to wreak havoc on this nation. To destroy America. So what are you going to do? You think you're going to float on through doing what you normally do? Lusting after the normal things you lust after? Food, entertainment, sexual uncleanness? You think you can just coast on through this? Are you kidding me? You're dealing with Almighty God. So that's why I'm terrified. I'm not being alarmist. I'm saying I feel this to the depths of my soul and my body responds with fear and shaking and trembling. God is coming. I don't know if it's God the Father, God the Son, or God the Holy Spirit. I'm not experienced enough to know all of that. He hasn't told me. 
But I know we're in trouble, big trouble. America is in big trouble. I've never seen America destroyed, have you? I'm an old-timer. Second World War did not bomb us. We bombed them. We destroyed Europe. We destroyed Germany. Now what? We're going to do our own thing. That's what Jeremiah is saying. You're going to continue with your own plans. You're not going to change. You're going to follow the stubbornness of his evil heart. That's terrifying to me. So here we are. Where should I go? Where can I flee? I wish I had a hidey cave up in West Virginia somewhere. But I don't have. I'm waiting on Jesus. He is my shelter. But I'm going to be held accountable if I don't say these things to you. Stop your wicked lifestyle. Stop your entertainment. Turn off your movies. Turn aside from wickedness. Seek the Lord with all your heart. Not just with a desire to be holy, but with a a will to be holy. There's a difference. There's a difference between a will and a desire. When I was a little boy, I had a great desire for an archery set. And I told my dad about it and asked him if he would buy it for me. He said, no, I won't. But it's springtime. I'll give you one row of lima beans across the whole garden. You take care of them. You hoe them. You keep the weeds out. When they're ripe, you pick them. And I'll put them in the back of the pickup truck and we'll go downtown and you can sell them door to door. People love fresh produce. So I can't do that, Daddy. Then you don't want the bow and arrow very badly, do you? I'll do it. I'll do it. And that's what happened that summer. I worked all summer. And then I took the beans downtown and sold them. I learned a valuable lesson. It's not enough to want something. You've got to go do what's necessary to accomplish building it, creating it, having it. It's not enough to say, I love Jesus. It's not enough to say he's my best friend. Friendships are built on trust, on service. It's interesting, I I loaned my car to a couple that I knew well. I trusted them. And I said, it needs a, an oil change. And it needs a tank of gas. Well, they borrowed the car. And they brought it back to me. And it still needed a tank of gas. And it still needed... It still needed that oil change. So, while I've been down with a broken leg six months, that car has sat and not gone anywhere it's sitting out on the street 
Well, they want to be friends. What do you think my attitude is? You didn't show you wanted to be friends with me, I said to the husband. The wife would do it in a heartbeat, but I'm not going to let her do that. So six months. No oil change. No gas. Do you think that was fair of me to ask that in return for borrowing my car and putting the miles on it? I think that was very fair. I would never think of driving a man's vehicle and not returning it with a tank of gas or anything else he needed done to it. You hear what I'm saying to you today? You understand? Brother, my sister. Jeremiah said, it's no use. They will continue with their own plans. Each will follow the stubbornness of his evil heart. God says, look, I'm preparing a disaster for you, devising a plan against you. So turn from your evil ways, each one of you, and reform your ways and your actions. Let's pray. Almighty God, it's plain to me the tear in my heart, the trembling, the discomfort. I know it's all because you're coming and you have devised a plan against America to destroy this nation. We're not going to continue in this prosperity that we've had for so long. Lord, I've only known prosperity. The prosperity began to flow right after the Second World War. And I saw everything just grow and expand and businesses open. But now I'm beginning to see businesses closed down, empty malls. I'm beginning to see the collapse of this America. Lord, I know you've devised a plan. And that plan is now being carried out. And you are approaching. And I tremble at your presence. I tremble, Jesus, at your presence. I am terrified by you because there is vengeance in your eyes. You're not coming in peace. You're coming in vengeance against an incredibly wicked church and an incredibly wicked nation. And we hear, oh, what do you mean, Pastor? I haven't done anything wrong. No, you've just followed your own evil way and your own stubborn heart, and you're not going to turn aside. And so God is coming, and he's going to destroy this nation. It's that simple. Oh, pastor, you're just being an alarmist. No, what I feel in my body and in my spirit is not an alarmist. It's the real deal. I don't know when. I see signs that it's already begun. I'm not just a a crazy man. I already see the middle class has been largely destroyed and will continue to be destroyed. Small businesses will be destroyed. Lord, I come. Say, oh, Lord. Would you cover those in America 
who have the will to follow you, who are willing to do whatever they need to do to walk holy before you. I ask, Lord, that your covering would now stretch over them. Your precious blood would would shield them. The problem I have, Lord, is that the righteous and the unrighteous have become so intermingled that it's hard to tell who is who. It's hard to tell who the righteous and who the unrighteous are, but soon that will be easy because the righteous will hide under your shelter. They will walk clean before you. There will be no sin in their hearts or in their steps. And they will not just be talkers. They'll be doers. They will produce the fruit of righteousness and holiness by your Holy Spirit's power and presence. So, Lord, I come today and I ask that you that you separate the sheep and the goats. I ask that you make plain who the real Christians are and who the phony, make-believe talkers are. You said, by, by your fruit, you'll be known. The fruit of the Spirit, yes. But also the fruit of Productivity in the work of the gospel. A laying down the wickedness of this world and cutting it off from our hearts. Lord, please. Differentiate clearly between the sheep and the goats. Lord, don't let us be deceived that we're Christians when we're really not. Lord, I'm, I say this to you, Jesus. My heart is exceedingly sorrowful about the talkers and not the doers. Because I know no one is going to be able to talk their way into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. I know many are trying. Lord, please come. But please come with mercy. Mercy for your people. Mercy for those who are willing to repent and do what is necessary to get right with you, Jesus. We've lived so long in this homogenized American culture, that it's hard for us who who are doing everything we know to do to be Christians, it's hard for us to differentiate between the righteous and the unrighteous, because they all seem so much alike. I pray, Lord, You'll come and separate the sheep and the goats. That you'll make it plain. That there won't be room for homogenized Christians. Almighty God. I know as we see the destruction of our nation. It's going to separate us out. We're going to be separated out as sheep and goats. Lord, I ask that as you come, we be honest and truthful with you 
about our condition before you. That your Holy Spirit would bring conviction on those that you know will respond. Lord, bring conviction on those that you know will respond and cut off the sin of their heart. You know who will do that and who will not do that. Right now, we've all been whizzed up in the blender of the American church. Lord, turn it off. Separate us. Let us be true Christians or not Christian at all. Thank you, Lord. Pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, I'm going to take a minute. I'm going to pray for the healing of people. Lord Jesus, you have precious men and women who are suffering today. They're suffering in their bodies with sickness and disease and pestilence. They're suffering in their bodies with brokenness, broken bones. Lord, I'm asking for a full demonstration of your power and your healing to encourage your people that you love them and care for them and are coming for a holy people. Lord, I pray for for each person who is caught up in their movies, in their internet, in their cell phone. Lord, I pray for every person who is caught up in all the ways of of darkness, and yet they do want to be honestly a Christian, but they don't have the willpower to cut it off. Lord, would you come with power? And cut off the darkness. Cut off the selfishness. Cut off the judgments. Lord, cut off the anger and the bitterness and the harshness. Lord, there are people today who need to make restitution for what they've done in the past. I know, Lord, from my own my own experience, there's great joy, great expense, but great joy in making restitution. Making things right between between people we love or should love but don't. Lord, would you come with power today? There are relationships that need to be repaired. Lord, would you come with power to help us repair those relationships where we're going to spend eternity in heaven And I don't think we're going to be walking down the Jerusalem street and see this person and turn and walk the other way. I don't think we'll be there if that's what we're going to do. So Lord, I pray today for your mercy and your kindness. I pray for your gentleness as we do what is necessary by the Spirit's direction to be real Christians. Lord, I thank you for this week's broadcast. I pray, Lord, for every person who has listened. Lord, they've been ordered by you. You've given me the words. I pray, Lord, now that every person listening will take heed to my word 
and know that a judgment of destruction has been decreed against America, against the Western world, for its incredible wickedness. I pray, Lord, you will come with power. I don't know if this fear will dissipate now that I've shared this or if it will increase, whichever way you need to do it. But I'm still terrified. I'm still trembling. But I know you love me. Your kindness is so great. Your mercy is so all-encompassing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. The big name, I didn't choose it, Jesus did. David Wilkerson did. I said yes. I don't like it, but yes. And so with this big name, we have a little congregation of home church. You're welcome to come. Don't be afraid. Be bold. Come. Worship with us. Pray with us. Well, you know what? I'm going to do it. I need your help. Would you write to me? Do you contribute and help us keep this broadcast on the air? National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Again, the address is National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You can also go online and give and also make available on that webpage all kinds of topics and studies and sermons. They'll help you grow. So God bless you. I love you. Pray for me. I'm praying for you. Of his glory 